0: And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with Daz Chettle, Kiwi Evangelist from the Global Gospel Movement. And uh, Daz, I've been a big fan of yours for a number of years, watching your Facebook videos and uh, caught up with you at a a few events over the years. It's great to have you in the studio. Let's uh, find out a bit of your story. Where where were you born and raised? Christchurch, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And what was life like for you as a young fella?
1: Yeah, it was pretty tough actually. Mum mm-hmm. and my uh, my my dad was a workaholic, mm-hmm. and Mum was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and they they really struggled with having us, me and my sister, when they were really young. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we kind of got neglect, neglected, and um, I, I struggled. With dyslexia, okay, and they didn't understand. And back then, you know, the the schools didn't understand really what dyslexia was either. Mm. So I kind of started on a on a bit of a back foot, really. Mm. Did you have a faith uh,
0: as a young age? No, okay. What was your um, teenage years like? Did you get did you go down the wrong path and get in trouble?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think with the 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 struggling so much at school, and uh, my grandfather hated me. Right, and. and I, I always tried to to have a relationship with him, but he'd always just push me away, push me away. You see, because his dad was a pedophile and his dad sexually abused him ah. and he, he just... Couldn't be around me. Mm. So as a little boy, though, I mean, I remember as a six-year-old sitting on his knee, he pushed me off his knee and he said, you are thick, just like your father, because I couldn't read some words on a page. Mm. And as a little, little boy, I I carried that. I I thought, yeah, I must be thick. I must be useless. I must be dumb. So, um, yeah, my early teens, I just threw my my whole life into anything that would make me feel good. And it was a, a total road to destruction.
0: You know, for those who haven't seen you, you've got dreadlocks, you've got tattoos, you've got ink and everything. Have you, have you been like a surfer or, you yep. know? Still you, surf, Surfed yesterday. To, oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, cool, surfed you in surf? New Zealand yesterday. Okay. And uh, were you in the wrong kind of crowd? You, you had a lot of addictions and things as a yep. teenager, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, um,
1: yeah, I was very much into the surfing scene, mm-hmm. but also uh, I was a keen rugby player. Okay. More so for my dad. My dad really wanted his son to be a rugby player mm-hmm. and, you know. Um, but for me, my heart was always either skateboarding or surfing, stuff that I could do just by myself. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm actually
0: an introverted kind of guy. Okay. And then you found yourself in Australia mm. at Wollongong yeah. in your 20s, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Tell us what happened then.
1: Yeah, well, we were partying. All, all I came over here and we were we were partying all around the, the East Coast, ended up in Wollongong. And... We just walked down the street one night and uh, we heard doof, doof, doof. I thought, wow, that's a church. What the heck? I thought you'd hear an organ. And I said to my mate, hey, we should go in. So we went in because I thought there'd be girls at church (laughs) and they'd have food. So I went into this church and, uh, yeah, I was quite blown away. I thought, oh, my goodness, what on earth are they doing? There's people and they had their hands up in the air. There was a lady running down the front of the church. She had a flag. I could not believe it. What on earth have you got a flag for in church, woman? You take a flag to the rugby, you do not have a flag in church. So I'm sitting there thinking this is a cult. I'm in a cult. I've never been in a cult before. This will be quite interesting. But you see, the people were so happy. The people that I met, they were so happy. It actually annoyed me how happy they were. So I sit through the service and this guy gets up to preach and he said one line that has changed my life. He said that Jesus Christ was a good shepherd and he left 99 sheep to go and find the one. Mm. And I just sat there and I thought to myself, I wonder if he'd ever come and find me. Mm. And as I was thinking that, I physically felt this warmth going up my arms and across my chest. I didn't think it, friends. I felt this and it freaked me out I thought oh my goodness what is this and it went across my chest and as it went across my chest this warmth this this pure love I started weeping like a little baby and uh, you know I, I, I my whole life was just sex, drugs and rock and roll to try and find love somewhere and I was having an encounter with perfect love and I had no idea that his name was Jesus Christ
0: and tell us how your life changed after that
1: radically man um I uh, I just, I wasn't even going to respond. The, the preacher stopped preaching. He said, come down the front of this church. And I, I shook my head and went, there's absolutely no way. I'm not going anywhere near you. You're a cult leader. And, uh, but it was like God lassoed my heart. He pulled me down the front of that church. He said, what you're experiencing is Jesus Christ. He loves you so much. He's not just a name in an ancient book. And uh, I said a prayer, though I don't even know what, what the prayer was today, to be honest. But what I do know I walked out of that church a different man and it was interesting interest, well, it was interesting for me because being such an introverted young man, even though I'd be bold when I'd have a lot of drugs in me, I was a fantastic evangelist for the devil man. Mm. I was so bold when I was wasted, but when I was straight, I was so scared, so shy, had panic attacks. but that all lifted off me and I just wanted to tell everyone and I mean everyone that I met a God, who is real and his name is Jesus. And I honestly didn't care what people thought. And I had a lot of people pushing back and it just would not phase me at all. I just wanted them to know that Jesus Christ is alive from the dead and I met him and he's changed my life and what he did for me, he wants to do for you. And how did you get into ministry after this? Well, it was crazy, man. Like People started inviting me to share at their like, youth groups and, and I'd never done any public speaking or anything and... I I was so green. You've got no idea how green I was. Like, I didn't know that you weren't allowed to swear when you're sharing your testimony in church. (laughs) So I'd be dropping F-bombs and people were freaking out but you see, they didn't realise that a month ago I was dropping LSD tabs that I was sleeping with prostitutes. I had such a shift in the swearing thing. That just took a little bit longer to to drop off. And uh, that's how it happened. I just would share my story that, hey, I don't know much about the Bible but I I met the, the person that wrote the Bible. His name's God, He changed my life, man.
0: That's so good. And uh, I know that you've got a real heart to preach around the nations. Yeah. Um, I've had the privilege of catching up with you uh, at Awakening Australia. You were there with a whole bunch of other evangelists and you took a whole bunch of people out on the streets that day. Tell us what happened. Oh, it was amazing, man.
1: I actually said to Nate, I was leading one of the teams, I said to Nate, who's in the studio with me now, I said, bro. We need to sing "Amazing Grace," and he was going, "Oh yeah, okay. Well, I've I've got family commitments." But he came along, and uh, and we just started singing "Amazing Grace," and then I preached "Amazing Grace." What is "Amazing Grace"? What does it look like? It looks like Jesus Christ being torn a, torn apart on a cross, man. And uh, and the crowd just grew. There was like easily a thousand people people with phones were up everywhere people were um, uh, filming it posting it it went viral man of uh, about a thousand plus Christians just singing amazing grace on the streets of Melbourne it was powerful some of the testimonies that I've heard from from us singing that song and preaching the gospel that day has blown my mind.
0: So good, mate. And I know that's your passion, not for you just to preach the gospel, (laughs) but for you to raise up and send out others. And you've launched the global gospel movement. Tell us all about it. Yeah, my
1: heart is to um, to train up young evangelists, you see, because no one really gave me a go. You know, I just kind of fell into it, really. But I want to proactively open doors for my friends that my these young evangelists and and get them coming on trips with me I mean I was on 66 flights last year I'm in I'm in different places every weekend and I want to take these young evangelists with me have them preaching on planes have them coming into the pubs and the malls with me and uh and you know the, there's a lot of um, invites that I get that I can't go to because I'm just busy and I've got a beautiful wife and four children so to be able to send these young evangelists evangelists to churches around New Zealand and Oz that they could be trained and equipped to share the fire of the gospel just like I do because it's not about me it's about the God that's in me the same God that's in me rose Christ from the dead and lives in them and also lives in you.
0: Amen it's so good and and the reality is we're all called to share our faith but a lot of people are are shy. Uh, I heard recently that uh, you got kicked out of a Freemasons Hall yeah. for preaching the gospel. Tell us yeah. what happened there. Okay, so uh, I was doing a, a job for
1: a guy who used to own a, a drain lane company in Christchurch, plumbing and drainage sort of thing, and uh, doing this job. And the guy said, hey, do you want to come to a meeting? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. What's the meeting? And he said, yeah, would you like to come to the meeting? I went, yep, yep. Like I said, what what is the meeting? I'm keen to come, but what's the meeting? And he said, oh, it's at the lodge. And I said, oh, Cool. The Masonic Lodge. And he goes, yeah. And I said, yes, I'd love to come. <laughs> so I come along just by myself and uh, walked in and met all these lovely men. And they all had their little, I'm not being disrespectful, but they wear these little penny things. And they all had them on. And, and I thought, wow, this is interesting. Checkerboards all over the floor. And one guy got up and he opened the book of Isaiah and started reading. And I just... I just thought, what a wonderful time to tell these beautiful men my story. So I just stood up and said, hey, guys, my name's Dad. It's so good to be here. I don't want to interrupt the meeting. But uh, as I was actually interrupting the meeting, now that I think about it, <laughs> the, the lovely man that invited me just went whack, and he punched me in the side of the cheek. I didn't even see it coming. He blindsided me. And then they all just jumped on me and started beating the absolute, absolute snot out of me. And they, they picked me up and they threw me out on the footpath. I had blood pouring out of my face. I'm bawling, saying, guys, what are you doing? I just wanted to tell you that Jesus Christ is alive and he loves you so much and uh, you know what would possess someone to do that? Mm. What would possess someone to stand up and preach the gospel in front of 150 Freemasons in a Masonic lodge hall? I'm so glad you asked. An encounter with Jesus Christ 22 years ago that he changed my life and he turned someone that was so scared, so full of fear and anxiety into someone that's bold as a lion man. Mm, If that can happen to
0: me it can happen to you. Absolutely. You know what? And, you know, the Bible says we've got to let our light shine, not hide it under a bowl. We've That's all true. got to share the good news. That's it. Uh, make the most of every opportunity. <laughs> That's it. And you certainly did then.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you can't put it <laughs> under a lampstand because it will burn. Yeah. If you've got the fire of the gospel and it, it can't be hidden, man. That's right. We're a city on a hill. The darker the places we go into, the lighter we shine.
0: I know you had a privilege to uh, be connected to Reinhard Bonke. Yeah, wow! Uh, in Africa. Yeah. Uh, tell us what that event was like.
1: Oh, that was incredible. That was um, Reinhard's farewell, farewell crusade, and uh, a good friend of mine, Steve Esma. Um, uh, I, well, I did the Reinhard School of Evangelism three years ago. Um, that's a hundred evangelists from around the world. They get them together, and it's just powerful, 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 powerful week. And um, so from that, I got an invite, and Reinhard paid for me to go over and be one of his uh, guest evangelists. And it was just incredible, man. Looking out over the crowd on the last night, there was 800,000 in attendance. That's quite a few humans, I tell you. (laughs) But for me to sit there and hear Reinhard preach his last message in Nigeria After serving Nigeria for 53 years, he got up and preached his last message. It was just such an honor for me to be there. But it made me realize this. Reinhardt's no different to me. Reinhardt's no different to you. Reinhardt is just a normal human being that said yes to the call of God that was on his life. You see, he had three dreams of of a blood-washed continent of Africa. And he went into Africa, and people would push against him and say, look, this is the missionary's graveyard. This will not work. And he just kept ploughing in and just kept doing what God had called him to do. And I had the honor of seeing that man of God preach his last message. It was just so inspiring for me to just see that. God will use anyone God will use anyone powerfully if you'd only say yes
0: so good. I remember interviewing Reinhard when I first started History Makers like 12 or 13 years ago, and he said, Preach the gospel, and the gospel happens. Yeah. And, uh, and he prayed for me, he prayed for our church, and I really believe that, you know, that anointing uh, that he's got, he's passing that mantle on to many people. He's got Daniel yeah. Kalender, of course. Yep. Uh, he's raising up, but many evangelists have been released through his ministry, and uh, that's part of the gift of the evangelist too, to release others that's to good. go and evangelize. Uh, so good. Uh, now, before we wrap up, mate... Um, I know you don't want to tell this story, but I really want you to tell this story. (laughs) I heard you do a Facebook Live a while back about the. You're so mean. (laughs) This is so mean. (laughs) About the Brownsville Revival. I couldn't believe you told it on Facebook, but I thought he's told it on Facebook. He's got to tell it on the radio. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Tell us the story of being the lust guy at Brownsville Revival in Pensacola.
1: Thanks for (laughs) that, man. Hey, uh, so get this. um, Father's Day, 1995, Steve Hill, an evangelist, got up to preach the gospel as an itinerant evangelist in this church, AOG Church in Pensacola, Florida. God turned up in such a powerful way like, just shook the place to the core. So they decided to have another meeting and another meeting and another meeting. 300,000 people got saved through the Brownsville Revival. Three million people walked through those doors and I had the honour of going there twice. You see, but uh, to get into the service, you have to be lined up six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning to get into a seven o'clock at night service. You know, sometimes we complain if we've got to drive to church for half an hour, but you've got to be sitting in a, in a car park in Florida for hours on end, waiting to get into this church service. And that builds such anticipation, man. And every night, God would move in such a powerful way. But one day, I got to the line late. So that meant I was thinking, oh, man, I'm not going to get into the main auditorium. There was overflow rooms and screens in the car park. But I'd come all the way from New Zealand. That's a bit of a trek, And I wanted to be in the main auditorium. And I was thinking, oh, man. So lovely Christian people that they are, that we are, they uh, say, come on, go, you go before me, you go before me. So I ended up being up in the balcony. I wasn't too happy about it. I wanted to be down on my favorite sort of where I like to sit, but I was in the balcony and that's all good. So I just happened to look over there. You've got to remember, this is a key part to the whole story. If you don't get this, you'll probably turn the radio off. Check this out. I was single. You need to say that with me now. He was single. He was single. That's right. I was a single man. I'd been saved a few years, and uh, here we go. So I just happened to look across, and there was this young lady walking down the aisle in front of me, and she was Quite attractive, and I, I looked, and then I looked again, and went, "Oh no, please don't sit, please don't sit in front of me." And there was two seats that were vacant in front of me, and a couple of further down, vroom, she sits right in front of me, and I just went, "Oh no!" Like I was looking at the back of her head and getting sunburned. She was that hot. And uh, I was just thinking, oh no! And uh, so the whole service, and it's Florida. They don't wear a lot of clothing in Florida because it's so hot. And uh, the whole service, I was just looking over her shoulder, just just going, oh, I'm not even going to be tempted to look or whatever to this young lady. And uh, and I just stayed focused on the on Steve Hill's message. But you see, he he gave a response to respond to the gospel. Maybe you've never responded to the gospel. I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much. He got torn apart on a a cross for you because he loves you. He's so so for you. Anyway, she responds to the gospel this this night and she stands up. And as she stands up, I'm still sitting there and I'm looking at her as she stood up in front of me. And I started having thoughts that I shouldn't have. I started having these lustful thoughts. I'm just keeping it real. This is kind of humbling. This is good. This is really good for pride actually. And I started having these thoughts about her. And as I was having these thoughts, Steve Hill, the evangelist, it was already halfway through his call, got back up onto the stage and pointed to where I was in the balcony. And he went sir! And as he went sir, there was shock waves of fear went through my body. I went, oh my goodness, oh my goodness this is not good, this is not good. And uh, and he said, right now, right now, you are lusting after one of God's daughters. You need to get down here now, sir, and get right with God. I just burst into tears like full-blown mess, totally busted. She turns around and goes, the young lady turns around and goes, Ew, and I say, oh, I'm so sorry, it was me, I'm so sorry. And she's a little bit grumpy with me. And I'm walking down the aisle to get down to the front of the church. People are tapping me on the shoulder. I am now the lust guy at the Brownsville Revival. Do you know how embarrassing that is? The Brownsville Revival is all about purity. And now I'm the lust guy. And I walked down to the bottom, to the bottom floor, and there was hundreds of people all... Standing there, responding to the gospel. And as I walked up to the altar, they just parted. They moved like the Red Sea opening for the last guy. (laughs) And I knelt down that night and and just said, Jesus, I am so sorry. And it was like the God that threw the stars into the sky, the Jesus that holds seven stars in his right hand right now, told me off and said, that is not okay. You cannot look at my daughters like that. You see, women are not fun things for men. They're not. They're beautiful princesses. They're daughters. We are sons and they are daughters, man. And that that just shook me to the core so much. And a, a short time after that, I became a youth pastor. And I would be too scared to look at the, and I was single, man, and a young man. I'd be too scared to look at the young ladies in my youth. And in a a way that wasn't pleasing to my father because I was so scared that my father would put my thoughts up on the overhead projector screens. Mm. It was a really powerful lesson. And because of the the pornography, the prostitutes, all the junk that I'd been into, I needed God to really slap me around the head with it. Mm. I needed him to say, hey, son, this is actually not okay.
0: So powerful Mm. and so real and so genuine. Thank you for sharing your story with us. And I think it's a great example of someone who's been through, you know, lots of trouble in your life, but your tests have become your testimony. That's it, man. Your message has become your message. And, uh, mate, you've got a great call in your life, and we pray the Lord will continue to open up many more doors for you to preach the gospel around the nations. If people want to find out more about your ministry, uh, they can search up, Uh, Daz Chettle on Facebook or uh, Global Gospel Movement on Facebook and you've got a website people can search it all up and get in contact awesome you love to preach around Australia? love it you know what I was born in New Zealand but I was born again in Wollongong Australia (laughs) (laughs) so good mate I reckon you're a history maker thanks for joining us thanks mate thanks for joining us on History Makers if you'd like to listen to this interview again just go to historymakers.tv There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater and why don't you go and make history?
1: History Makers.
0: History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus go to bl.org.au Station Sponsor